Mike Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 151 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm Ken Keenan and I'll be your host today. Um, joining me today, I have Mark, who is uh, Marcus Almighty. Marcus Almighty on the board, yes. And then Daniel, all the way from Sweden. Yeah. Hey, Daniel. Louise. Louise on the Louise. board. Um, we're hoping we'll have Julian joining us um, if he can. Um, I hope he's going to join. He said he might join. So we're going to get into it. So this week, uh, before we get into anything, uh, and actually the big news this week, of course, is uh, Kiss Cruise has been going on. I think it's it's wrapping up now, um, and we've heard details. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a bunch about that. Um, but before that, not much other news other than uh, you know we've know a couple of books have been out. The one behind me, which is the uh, uh, 19, yeah. 1977 to 1980 yeah. Lynn Goldsmith yeah. Lynn Goldsmith Photo. book and Photo. Uh, that's a pretty good book uh, though I would have liked a little bit more variety on that one uh, for pictures it's a lot of same pictures from the same sessions I would say um, and Ace and Peter kind of got left out a little bit I think I don't know if she took less pictures of them or, or what but I think the Swedish book is more interesting. Ah, you know, and you, you mentioned Neos. that. I yeah. just got that one in the mail. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying this one right now. I'm starting to read it. Uh, I, I'm enjoying it more because it, I think it has a more variety of pages. Plus, that, it has that, a lot of you know text stories, uh, little stories that were going on uh, at the time of you know when the pictures were taken. I think one thing about that book that is missing in most kiss book is that they focus a lot on the unmasked you know the the, the period without makeup mm-hmm. have a lot of great photos from from that era and that is not in many books do that so i think that's a a good thing with that book. It's unique yeah yeah i'm unfortunately i can't add much to it because i'm still awaiting my copy it's in transit coming to me so but uh, i'm looking very forward to getting my copy as well because I sort of agree the the Lynn Goldsmith book is is very nicely done. It's like top quality. Everything about it is like top notch. Even the the paper itself and the pages that they feel so thick. It's almost like two pages in one. Oh yeah, but, uh, right. Yeah, but but it's so it's nicely done. But you know, yeah, because she limited herself to such a specific period of time, you know, she could only do so much, I suppose. But they sure. are definitely pictures that I've never seen before so i really enjoyed the book yeah, yeah so. the quality of the pictures are are great i mean it's it's, it's you know it's it's worth it you're a big kiss fan you're, you know it's worth it to get it you know have it in your collection among other uh, many books that are out there and, and more yeah. to come i think yeah so okay well before we get into our uh main topic um which i think is gonna be about kiss cruise we're gonna talk about that um we're going to show or kind of go through you know show some albums like five albums or or cassettes or cds that kind of you know you enjoy one way or another or if you have a story behind them 
uh, or just you know something unique about it just just to you know sh show off something different here and I'll go ahead and let Mark go first uh, with his okay. his five five albums okay. Kiss albums okay so I'll do them in order so why oh, okay okay so um, so my first one that I'm gonna show really quickly is this is my copy of the first Kiss record. Yeah. Beat up one. It's beaten to hell. Now, the reason why I picked this one is because this is probably one of the very first Kiss records I ever bought. Mm. And I started collecting vinyl again. Now, if you take a look here at the back, the very bottom here, I don't know if you can even make that out, but yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a Warner Brothers version oh. of it. This is before they got yeah. dropped, right? So... As soon as I started going on to all these KISS sites and yeah. people started uh, asking me about my vinyl, when I showed this one and somebody noticed that it was a Warner Brothers distributed one, all of a sudden started getting all these beep, beep, beep messages on my phone saying, hey, are you interested in maybe selling that record? Because mm. I didn't realize at the time that it was quite wanted because it's a Warner Brothers version. Of it. This is Warner on the uh, the label too, right? Yeah, I'll pull it out right here. You can I see. Think it I have one of those. I think. Sure. Yeah, if you take a look here. Is that pressed in Canada? Where was that pressed? Uh, this is the U.S. It's US I copy. think it's a U.S. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's. No, it's a Canadian. Sorry. Yeah, oh, manufactured, distributed by Warner Music of Canada. So and that Canadian. might be even more rare, actually, you know, than in the U.S. Uh, it's very possible. So Maybe. <clears throat> uh, now, hmm. the reason also why I'm showing these ones, believe it or not, is because besides the fact that there might be something unique about them, they are also my go-to versions of them that I listen to. Okay. Because I might have, like, eight different variations sure. of each record, but that's the one that I listen to the most because it sounds, sounds really good. Considering how old it is and how beaten the shit the cover is, you'd be surprised how good that vinyl sounds. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's really punchy. It has a really nice bottom end to it. And compared to some of the other ones I have, like I have some other pressings of it, like some RCA Record Club ones, and those are kind of like, they sound a little shaky in spots, but this one sounds sure. really fantastic. Now, the next one that I have, and I've mentioned this one once before, but uh, I, this, this again is my go-to version oh. of this record. Let's get this out here real quick. This is Alive. Alive. Now, what's so different about this one? Well, this one is a Venezuelan release <laughs> version of it. Yeah. Now, the thing about this as well that's sort of interesting when I first got it and why I thought, why, why I thanked Julian so much because he's the one who sold it to sold me when it. he was selling off all his all his versions of it. Here you see this. It's a camel. Um, is, that, is that this one is a version of it that's mastered by both Robert Ludwig yes. and, um, Jesus, what's his name now again? Uh Alan Zenz, that's it. Oh, AZ. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and that, and I've never really saw that before, where there's like one side done with Alan right. Zenz and the three other sides done with Robert Ludwig, and kind they are, weird. and they are definitely different. You can tell Robert Ludwig has a lot more low end to his mm -hmm. mastering, 
and, a, and the drums really stand out more, whereas Alan Zentz, his guitars are, he has much more mid-range in his mastering, and the guitars are like, whoa, like they, whenever he, Ace is doing a solo, it's really popping out of the speakers. So this is my, yeah. this is my go-to, cool. go-to version of that. Right. Now the next one I, I will show. <laughs> Picking all my albums. Looks like is it's Japanese. A Japanese pressing of rock and roll over. Now, this is one of this is my favorite Kiss record. Right. This is my favorite pressing of it to listen to is because obviously, as we all know, Japanese records are usually, at nine times out of ten, sonically superior. They're quieter. Yeah. The clarity's better on it, right? Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Because I was I was doing some research into that. The factory conditions in Japan when they make the records are 10 times cleaner than the U.S. factories. Like, you can go there with a white glove and there's no dust in the air. They really take care of their machinery. They also take care that their virgin material that they use is also as clean as it can be. Because that's hard to do. My father was in plastics for a long, long time and used to carry me around to these places. And I went to a few pressing plants. And I'm telling you, you could walk out of there and go like this, and you'd have like black on your hands. Yeah. There's so much shit <laughs> flying around in the air. Yeah. But over there, they're really clean. They're, they and they make sure that their virgin material is really clean too. Because a lot of the times, what they do is when they when they press a record and they cut the outside that trim around mm-hmm. it, they'll take it and put it into a bin and then regrind it and use it again. The Japanese no presses hardly ever do that. They only use virgin stuff, so, yeah. which is also why the material is so so good because it's cleaner material. It's not beaten to hell. It hasn't fallen on the floor ten times and then put into a bin. You yeah. know, it's there's you know, I I hate to say that to make it sound like the Japanese are almighty with pressing, but they just take more more care to it than it seems that the American or Canadian counterparts do on that end of it yeah. right yeah like you know they're they're uh, even the cardboard is heavier yeah. on the uh, outside you know the covers yeah um, i can imagine and, and i've ha- go ahead i can imagine in their factories that they may have had uh like air filters too sucking the bad dust out of there oh, yeah. plus they probably wore like i can imagine they were like white and maybe even masks uh you know to just keep it very clean you know if you watch the videos for that, whenever you go do a, do a YouTube check on like a Japanese factory, yeah. you'll see that all the time. They're in white, okay. and they purposefully do that. I've never seen that. it. Yeah, I just I just you know thought that's it. what they probably did. Yeah. They do it because I also think the hierarchy in the, in the factories can be quite different from America or Canada. You know, if you don't do your job, you're out of there. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like it's that true, whole true. mentality with education. When somebody yeah. there, like a student, says, I got 97% out of 100 on my grades, they're like, great shame is brought to our family because it wasn't 99. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but I mean, look at the way their technology is. Because but look of it. at the way they have, a, they have a name for people killing themselves on the job. There's actually a name for that because it's so common. Really? Wow. And that's the, the, fl- the flip side. What do you say? The downside. Yeah, to Harry that. Carey or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh. that's we'll move on. So okay, with the 
Yeah, we'll go. Now, this one might be a surprise to some people. but I got some Super Mario sounds there. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Orc so sounds this... like Super Mario. Oh, Gene Simmons. There you go. So now, I... now, this one here is the 2015, I believe it is, or the 14. I don't remember now. 2000. My eyes are shit. 2014 reissue. Okay. Those ones that came out. Now the the funny thing is. It's a remaster. Yeah. I I hadn't really given this record too much of a chance, and I had I have a bunch of other versions of that, of a, an original U.S. one, a Canadian, mm-hmm. Japanese one, this and that. But one day I picked this one up, put it on, and I'm serious. I was literally shocked at how good they did the remaster of this one. Mm. The, the the low end, the bass guitar and the drums on this is fantastic. I mean, even though Gene doesn't play bass on this, but the bass guitar sound on this is unbelievable. The the whole production of the panning and everything and all the kind of different things. Like wherever there's like an orchestra bit, like a man sure. of a thousand faces or stuff like that, yeah. they have some really, it sounds really good. It really stands out a lot more than some of the original versions of this record. Still a shit of record. Yeah, I like the. But, re- I've always liked the record. But it, yeah, but it sounds that, since the beginning. I never liked. <laughs> but it sounds decent. That's cool. And now the last one that I picked is Creatures of the Night. Mm-hmm. Now we all know great Creatures album. of the Night in general is a fantastic record. Yeah. Sounds great as well. Now if you notice, that is a uh, modified alternate logo alternate version. Logo. Yeah. Now this is a West German pressing. Of it, I don't know if you can really make that out there, but yeah, yeah. so it'll say West Germany on there. Uh-huh. But uh, again, much like the Japanese, I've always thought that the German pressings back from even the Belafon days when they did them, when they were pressing them, they sounded really good. Their vinyl, even back in the 70s, was much thicker than the than the U.S. and the Canadian counterparts. And they had a lot better mid-range, I found, in the in the German pressings than they had even in the Canadian ones in the U.S. They had something about, you know, the the, the Germans again. You know, they they always had that running joke in The Simpsons that, you know, working for Germans, you got to be careful because they have a strong work ethic and stuff like that, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, and I'm guessing that'll go across in their pressings as well. That they probably much like the Japanese, if you don't do your job well in Germany, you're out on your keister, right? So, so that's why I, I love those ones. I've I've always tried to collect now, and I'm almost got a complete Belafon set of all the Kiss ones that were available. So, I'm nice. really into those ones. So those are my cool. five, mainly for sonic reasons, but for those other reasons that I mentioned as well. Right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I like those are cool albums. I mean. All of them are cool anyway, but uh, all variations are very, very cool. All right. Uh, hey, Daniel, do you want to go go next? You ready? I can try. I, right. I just have to, first of all, I have to say I'm, I'm not that uh, a big vinyl guy. Yeah. Vinyl went out when when I started <laughs> to get into music. So, But I still managed to pick up a few. Mm-hmm. And the first one, I remember hearing a song that I really liked. And I tried to tell my mother, you know, 
I like this song. It's called Creatures of the Night. And then trying to spell it in sweet. You know, I, I didn't know English. <laughs> so I don't know if you see this one, but this was oh, yeah. when I heard Heavens on Fire. And, uh, you know, you try to, you tell your mother, well, I like this song. It's, it sounds like Feel My Heat. And uh, <laughs> that's the way I would. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. the same thing with Creatures of the Night. I heard this song, Creatures of the Night. I had no idea what it meant, but I knew I liked it. And <laughs> she, uh, she cool. put in the effort and went to the record store, and I got this one, you know. And this is the there actual is. copy. I, I guess it's from, I bought it back in the 80s sometimes, right. 85, 86. Still mint condition. I took really good care of it, and I think it was just such a nice package as well. I saw it in a, in a okay. magazine later, and, and, you know, it's the back, the front, uh, it's all perfect. And even the titles, uh, you know, tie into the way it looks. So I think this is one of the best ones to this day. That's that's my number five. Number four, you know what? My first albums were um, Asylum, <clears throat> Animalize, and that one, The Creatures of the Night. So that was the way I thought Kiss sounded, you know? And then I started to go back, and uh, I was in my early teens, or even earlier than that, I think. And I went to the bins, mm -hmm. flea market. And I found a mint condition album that looked like this, and I thought, oh my, <laughs> that, this oh, yeah. one has to be something. And I remember actually listening to it the first time. It was kind of a shock, you know. It sounds mm -hmm. so different from Asylum, uh, oh, Animal yeah. Creatures. It's a different, yeah. So I needed to listen to it a few times. But but back in the day, you you really you did that, you know. Yeah. You get you gave it a few spins before you right. the verdict was out. You yes, know? yeah, yeah. And I remember the first song I really liked was Firehouse. Mm -hmm. I, know, I really liked Firehouse, but <laughs> since then it's not one of my favorite. I, I've <laughs> I've come to enjoy a lot of others, but I remember I liked that one really a lot, but. You know the album as a whole is probably the, the best album to give to a you know non-Kiss fan. To me, at least, this is yeah. the one to give them. And you know, even though uh, the what do you say the inside the uh, when you open it up is it called the something? Gatefold? The gatefold. The gatefold. Yeah. yeah, the gatefold is a lot better when you look at Alive 2. I think sure. this record is a lot better than Alive 2 to me, at oh, least. Yeah. So yeah. this is uh, yeah. it's a good one. And then I started to get really into Kiss, and I'm <laughs> to the flea markets because that was where you could find a lot of crazy Kiss albums. And I came across a strange album, and this was back in '88, I think. Uh, I, I was, you know, in my early teens. And then I saw a picture, and I was like, "Oh my God, can they show pictures like that? <laughs> this isn't this isn't really a studio album or anything, but but it looked Bootleg. like this." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh yeah, yeah. The photo. So I just bought it because it it was you know. That's an interview it, disc, yeah. I think I might even have that one. Yeah, yeah. I used to. There's really nothing on the album worth me mentioning, but but it's mm. kind of looks cool. And when you're a kid, these kinds of pictures wasn't easy to come by. So sure. This really. <laughs> and when when you had it in the the album. Uh, What's this called? The album jacket. Yeah. Yeah. You always had this side out if your parents yeah. would fight, and then, <laughs> then when <laughs> that's right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
turn it this way. Otherwise, around, you so. might not see the record again. Yeah. <laughs> and then, actually, my one of my favorite sounding albums from Kiss mm -hmm. is uh, another one I picked up. You know, all the other guys, my friends, they went on the the, the roller co coasters and everything. When 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 uh, you know we had those days. What's it called when? When, when Park? yeah, Carnival? a few times a year, people came. Holidays. Yeah, you know the holidays and they had roller coasters or anything. People blew their money on that, and I didn't go on any of those. I went to the record bins and I flipped <laughs> through, and then I found this one. Mm -hmm. My friend bought the Elder. Uh, he drew the shortest straw. I I I, I bought this one. <laughs> sure. He was really disappointed and I really like this one so this is to this day That's along with rock, along with rock and roll over of course uh, this is my favorite uh, makeup album I would say it's uh, a really good record. So, so it's so fun yeah I like to this day I like the way it sounds it's very clean you know, it's, yeah like very and um, after this one, I've bought a few CDs, and the remastered version uh, I liked quite quite a bit. So I listened to that one. But uh, this is one of my favorites. How many do I? Have? Uh, it's the final one now, I think. Right. Yeah, I, I picked this one, even though I guess I haven't listened to it in about maybe 15 years. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember getting it. It was back in '92. My hysteria was at its height. Revenge had just been released, and I started looking around for records that I didn't have. At this point, I had all the studio albums. Um, then I found this strange thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Ooh, last licks. Uh, yep. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Paul hasn't signed it. But I bought this oh. one of another Kiss fanatic, That's and cool. uh, just liked the way it looked. It was cool that they put in the effort. You know, back in the 90s, they didn't do a lot other than releasing studio yeah. albums. So this was kind of a treat for fans. It was a promo. And mm -hmm. It was a promo. I don't know how many they released, but it was kind of cool. They had a few uh, stories uh, mm -hmm. at the, on the back, and uh, I liked it a lot. So I, I remember getting this and, and thinking, wow, Gene Simmons has actually put his pen over there and, you know, <laughs> buckled the mind. So that was kind of cool. That's my find. That's cool. Yeah, I have that one. Um, I forget how many copies they made of that uh, one. Um, it's a pretty collectible piece, actually. They didn't make a whole lot of those, supposedly, but I keep seeing them turn yeah, you got up. Some so good I ones there, Daniel. Yeah, they're really good. That's cool. Cool stories too to go with it. Uh, I'll go. I'll go through mine pretty quick here. Um, I just picked like I like so many different ones that it's just like it's too hard to pick. So I just grabbed some. Um, so the first one I'm picking here is a uh, uh, destroyer. Um, oh, nice! The Japanese uh, 200 gram release that they did. I, I can't remember the year. I don't know if it was early. That's 2000. the quite the uh, the quite the one that people want to uh, yeah yeah it's just get hard, a hold of. Hard to find now, um, and if you do find it, it's it's pretty expensive. Pricey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I think I played it once. So Too bad it's Destroyer. But it's it's the only 200 gram Kiss record that's you know an official release. I know that. 
Uh, we, we know we have the one. They could have picked a better record to do the 200 grams with. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one. Here's another one, and I don't know if this is truly official release or not, but I liked it because of the you know the looks of it. So it's a picture mm -hmm. disc. Uh, here we go. Oh, nice. This one. Yeah, this one is. It's hotter than hell. Hotter than right? hell. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's in, in you know in Spanish, uh, mm -hmm. mas caliente, uh, que el inferno, inferno, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's cool. I don't know if it's official. I mean, it says something about phonogram on the back, you know. Uh, the but here's the back of it, which is kind of cool. So Very yeah, nice. it's it's actually. I mean, it's. <laughs> Solo album kind of art, uh, but then you got the inner rock and roll over art roll. from yeah. here. But then you got hotter than hell music. <laughs> it's, so it's, yeah, it's a good combination. It's kind of all over the place, but it's it's kind of cool. I like it, official or not. I like it um, because mm -hmm. the look. I might frame it. I'm thinking <clears throat> that was my thoughts on that one at least. And then I got let's see. We'll go to another picture disc here real quick. Uh, this one is another one. This is one of my favorite albums. I wouldn't say it's the copy I listen to. <laughs> um, but here's another one. Here's another. Picture oh, disc. nice. So this is an official one. Looks good. Yeah. The, 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 I think it's a Norwegian. These oh, are, my. Or is it? Hmm. Or is it? Dutch? I don't know. Um, anyway, it's Sturma... And it's numbered on the back, 1362 number on that. But, uh, yeah. So, this one's a kind of a hard one to find. Or if you do find it, it's it's not, you know. It's, it's, be, be prepared to give up your kidney for it. Yeah, it's, it's not cheap to, to find it. I, I just, you know, I, I, what I did you, spent too much for it. Pay? Sorry? How much did you pay? Too much. <laughs> it's been oh. too much. Yeah, I should have, you know, waited, tried to wait for something better, but that's that. Anyway, here, next one here is a Fraley's Comet, mm. but this is the new one, the new release. Ah, okay. Uh, and which is is nicely reproduced. Though they didn't remaster it, but here, get the vinyl out. It's, it's really in there. But here's the one on the kind of the blue. Oh, that blue vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, and you know they're releasing another one. Uh, did you see uh, Anomaly, right? Yeah. They released. Well, I, I got the too. picture disc of that, but there's a, they're doing a proper vinyl though, right? Yeah, they're doing the proper vinyl, and I've ordered that one. I don't have the picture disc one. Yeah, um, I got that one. Yeah, so. It's pretty good. But yeah, cool. So that's another one. I thought, yeah, I like I like colored discs, and mm. you know, and pictures. I know. And you know that stuff. Okay, so this one, next one is, and the next two are the same basically, and, but this was the uh, uh, Kiss first album, right? Uh, manufactured and distributed by Warner Brothers, right? Uh, this one has the hype sticker. This is the one. It's yeah. kind of hard to find. It has a, or says it. It has you know Kissing Time on it. Uh, yeah. It says Kissing Time. Uh, but the thing is. Uh, Kissing Time is not on the vinyl. On here. Thank God. Uh, no, this one is. 
I wrote it down. This one has pipe sticker indicating kissing time, but song not listed on back right mm. here. Uh, uh, but kissing time is on the vinyl and the label. So it's, oh, okay. it's on the actual, yeah, it's on here. Uh, it's an, it's a nine zero zero one and B nine zero zero one. So, so that's, that's kind of a harder one to find. I like it. You know, it's a, it has a hype sticker on it. Um, not many of those were out there. I don't think. And then the last but not least, we'll get through this here is probably my favorite not favorite album, but it's one of my favorite albums. But uh, my favorite one to maybe listen to because uh, it's the sound is so great on it. Uh, this is the yeah. first Kiss album pro, promo album, white label promo. Um, the that sound on good. it is just so good. I mean, it's better than the one that it had later on when they had Kissing Time on. But okay. Uh, yeah. For an ig- for an ignorant guy like me, when it comes to vinyl, can you describe the difference in sound? Because I never quite got it. Um, the sound is. Uh, I want to say it's more out there. It's it's more it's clean. More you can hear better separation of the instruments uh it just seems it's cleaner and clear uh you know can i can i jump in i guess you can jump in i mean i can't explain it maybe you can this is what i this is what i've always heard about white label pressings in general okay the the stamper right oh yeah you know daniel when you have the stamper when they first make it it's very newly made and all the edges are really sharp and nice and it presses in really nicely the white label promos were supposed to come off the line first they were supposed to be one of the first pressings off it so if you think about it the more you press something after a while those to wear down those things start to wear down and get not as sharp and stuff so the clarity and the the grooves of the of the the forms on the record don't get as clearly imprinted onto the record therefore that sound that you get like what he said like the volume will be even more louder mm. the, the separation of the instruments seem more present like the you sounds. can hear the bass guitar much better than you could a thousand pressings later off that stamper right and it all has to do with the fact that those are pressed early they have the best indentation of all the information onto the record itself and you're getting like the best possible sound off the record. It's like they say when you play an audio cassette, the first time you play an audio cassette will be the best time you'll ever hear it because the more you play it, the more you start stretching it and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's a similar thing like that. What do you mean? The white pressings, is is that like early pressings? Is that yeah, the same it's thing? Usually yeah, okay. like, they're usually like one of the very first ones made off of the line. Like when they start okay. making it, they'll press the first 50. It will be white label promos that they'll give to the record label so that the record so label will give on it the to radio. radio and stuff like that. Because okay. they always yeah. want to give the best those ones stuff. To, yeah. to the radio because you want the best sounding stuff for radio to promote it, right? Try to sell it, yeah. But we do everything for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> the fans is everything so so that's yeah that's five there you know there's there's plenty of more uh i'm sure we all have um, that we could talk about but 
Um, those are it's just interesting to see each other's uh, you know albums and music and why we like them so okay well let's get into more or less the topic of the week I guess uh, which is Kiss Cruise 7 and it's been a lot of this have been videos and and so on out there um, about some of the rare stuff that has happened or gone on and and maybe we can talk about first uh, we'll talk about one of the performances out there which was Bruce Kulik and uh, and Bob Kulik um, oh, yeah. their their show there which may go down as one of the greatest you know kiss cruise performances really surely um, and I would have been loved to have been there to see that one um, you know the rest of cruise we'll talk about it but um, that one was very cool and I don't know have you guys seen any of the videos for that yet um, oh yeah of some of the songs so yeah okay well let me let me go let me I'll go down some of the songs that they played or their set list so so their set list and they seemed in you know good spirits and all there and their band and the lead singer I can't remember the lead singer's name or, or the drummer's name uh, I know one of the guys is was it Brent Fritz or something like yeah, that yeah the drummer from Union yeah 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 so yeah okay so very good very solid performance like it's almost like they've been playing you know a while together right uh, <clears throat> so what they had their set list they started off with uh, all American man <laughs> it's like who would have expected that but you know you think about it Bob played lead guitar on yeah on a lot of those uh, side four uh, live two stuff so uh, I saw the video of that one and I thought it was just, just awesome hearing that live you know never you know thought it would happen uh, even though it's not truly kiss it still was great what'd you think I think it's sounding great. I've seen it previously done by Bob Kulik in, in, in other places, you know. But uh, I think just the format, bringing the two Kulik brothers together, I've never seen them. Have they, have they ever played live in this kind of setting before, you know, before a, a huge crowd? I don't think so. I think, but, but didn't. Convention or something, but I don't know. I don't I think, remember. So I think they, I heard. I think that they did a didn't they do a convention once where they might have jumped on together those two? But that's not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know it's not the same uh, audience no, size. Same, you know, you have all the. I think they they the performance was great. They brought in Brent Fitz is like a solid drummer and the guy singing did a good job as well. Mm -hmm. But just seeing the brothers together and I think they picked the perfect set list. You know they. They didn't do like Ace, you know. Ace plays Love Gun and and that kind of stuff. He he didn't really have a lot to do with those songs. The soul, of course, but other than that, nothing. So I think they picked the whole setlist is like very interesting, and they brought on uh, songs that they had something to do with. I think that's that an important sense. part of this. Yeah. Yeah. So. All American Man as a starter, it was awesome, and and you could see the reaction in the crowd. Oh yeah. From those clips. So, um, the one thing I'm thinking is, uh, can they do more of this somehow? Can they bring this on mm. some sort of you know tour? I think it's right. It's really interesting. 
Yeah, I, I, I have to agree, though, because, I mean, I watched the whole show. There's a couple of songs I didn't get to see. I didn't get to see Domino, unfortunately, yet, but mm-hmm. um, but it, it was really well done. And, I mean, you know, the, the, the performances of it were really top-notch, I thought, and surprising for how little time they had yeah. to prepare for it. It sounded absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. And I agree with Daniel. I think that they should consider keeping this lineup together and maybe doing a tour of it because I think after people saw this on YouTube, the the the, con- the consensus was in. Everybody thought that this is the best live performance of the whole cruise. So, mm-hmm. and with that said, you can be sure that there will be Kiss fans out there who would want to see it in a club somewhere across America or Europe or anywhere. Sweden. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. or Japan or anywhere, right? Yeah, I wouldn't mind if they, you know, I always wanted, you know, those brothers, uh, you know, Bob and, yeah. and Bruce to to get together and record an album. Um, mm. That would have been great if they could record an album together and then go on tour with the band and then they can do some of the stuff from the album, then also do some of these, you know, Kiss songs, uh rare kiss songs that they've been involved with over the years right so i think that would have been awesome so go uh, on, uh, go ahead yeah i always thought it was kind of strange that they didn't do anything together i think they, they wanted so long. to I, yeah but uh, you know bruce yeah he got great you know gee what's the name of that grand funk, grand funk, grand funk railroad yeah uh-huh. typical american band does nothing over here but but uh <laughs> we're an american band yeah that one and and Bob really is more like of a producer these yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. So so I was thought, why don't they? I almost thought they were, you know, didn't like each other for a time there. But but, but uh, this is the way they are supposed <clears> to do it. <throat> they all have a history, you know, and they have different histories. It's so interesting, you know. Bob Kulik played on a lot of rare, you know, deep kiss cuts that are rarely performed live. So. Every KISS fan will shoo them up, you know, seeing them live. They will love everyone, you know, KISS Alive, Side 4, KISS Killers, Mm -hmm. those kind of tracks. Oh, my. KISS fans love to hear those. And Bruce, you know, they they never gave, you know, the KISS non-makeup years a fair shake, you know. They they don't do do them justice. They haven't done done that for a long, long time. So there's a demand for those kind of songs. You know, they could play anything from Asylum and uh, Animalize, uh, Crazy Nice, and people would go insane. So it's yeah. just a perfect opportunity for a tour. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think you're right because whenever they do these songs, like in, when they did them on the cruise, they're all these '80s era Kiss songs. People people loved it. They were they were just like out of their minds when they played stuff. You know, like Turn On the Night and stuff like that because they know that they're not going to hear it from, from Kiss because I think Hide Your Heart is probably the one thing that they've played that's probably from the 80s you know more recently that people were surprised that they played right but I mean doesn't that give them an indication there like I mean come on look at the reaction you got from Hide Your Heart maybe you could pull out another song but again we have to keep in mind too that you know Paul isn't exactly in any shape to sing some of these 80s songs I mean this guy who was sung with uh, Bruce and them he did a great job. He sang them really, really well. I thought that was fantastic. And it was nice to hear it sung 
in that way. You know what I mean? You didn't have to worry about anything like that. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. And all, it. I, all, it was kind of cool. He really knew the songs. You know, he did all yeah. the oh yes and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the right places. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially when they did like "Who Wants to Be Lonely." He even did those little, yeah, yes, in between all those verses. He did them perfectly. I was like, wow, like that's, that's really attention that's to a detail. Fan. Yes, it's a fan. Right it's a fan yeah, definitely. So, well then, let's let, let me ask let me ask you this yeah. though, really quickly. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt your go ahead way of doing it here, but if now that we've all kind of looked at the set list. Before we go on to them, just really quickly, I'm curious from each of you, what do you think is the best song they did that night from that set list? Um, well, let me let me read the, the, their list. So this, okay. we got All American Man. We talked about. Yeah, we got Hide Your Heart, Wouldn't You Like to Know Me, Domino, um, Larger Than Life, Tears Are Falling, Nowhere to Run, Tough Love, um, Tonight You Belong to Me. Who Wants to Be Lonely, uh, Crazy Nights, Turn On the Night, and uh, Goodbye. Um, so, yeah, picking a song is good. It's, I haven't seen them all, um, but I really, oh man, I, I really enjoy Turn On the Night. Um, because uh, you stole my one. <laughs> well, it's all right. You can have the same one, but I really enjoyed that one. I, I want to say I really enjoyed you know, Larger Than Life also. Because uh, I would have always loved to have seen, like, you know, uh, Gene play that one. But, uh, yeah, Turn On The Night was a very good one. Um, so, I thought that was very cool sounding. It sounded really good. Um, Daniel, what do you think about that? Same one. Yeah, I, I really like Turn On The Night. And the way they ended it with, you know, the solos, Bob soloing and then Bruce and then they took turns. Yeah. It was great it sounded so great and you never heard that live with kiss you know mm-hmm. and you would never will but it works much better live than on the record to, in my mind i i always saw the i always knew the p- potential uh the uh, you, you know you, you, yeah you you heard on the record that this song can sound great but you know no ron Neverson screwed up all that but you, mm-hmm. you saw the potential and now I heard it for the first time. Yeah. You know, it sounded great. Um, I see that Nowhere to Run is up now on YouTube. With I have to listen to that one after this show because that's a song that I think is um, maybe one of my favorite from you know the post the uh, post uh, 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 original era. You know, okay. Nowhere mm-hmm. to Run. I think I think it's a great song. Paul has tried it a few times. And uh, he seems to like it, but he understands that it's hard to do. Uh, so I have mm-hmm. to check that one after this show. I see it's up now. Uh, Bob and Bruce doing Nowhere to Run. So, but but the ones I've heard, I'd say that Turn on the Night was just magic. I think it was yeah. great. I, I would like to hear that over and over again in that setting with that band. I really yeah. hope they do something with this because... Hopefully Bruce isn't doing a long tour with the Grand Funk Railroad. What's the name of that band? Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And um, maybe they can get some time. You know, a club tour. It will. They will easily move a thousand tickets, don't you think? Oh, I think so. I think, I think so. so. 
Yeah. So it's a great cash grab, and they can actually vary the settlers a lot. You know, that you have a lot of great Bruce and Bob. They can learn songs easily, and they are not the way Gene and Paul is. You know, uh, we have to play the same exact set because the bombs go all off over there, and we can't change a lot. You know, play play playing a club tour. I think Bruce could pull out a lot of cool to tunes. You know, yeah. you have a lot of tunes from a- Asylum you can play. Secretly yeah. Cruel, Loves a Deadly Weapon. Uh, all night, you know, there's loads that KISS fans would eat up. They would love yeah. it. Yeah. I well, would. Honestly, I I think that all those songs you mentioned are, are fantastic. Like you said, I also haven't been able to see all of it, but I've gotten to see quite a few of the songs off of it. Um, I was surprised. The, the surprise song for me was Tough Love. I never thought they would have pulled that song off of yeah, Revenge kind of... to do. But uh, it was interesting to hear it because like like Daniel said, these songs are songs we would never even hear with Kiss, right? So it's good to hear them in this, you know, framework, right? But uh, the song for me that really, like, surprised me in a great way that I thought was fantastic, and I rewatched it two or three times in a row, was Who Wants to Be Lonely? I mean, I love the song oh, as yeah. it is yeah. anyways, but to hear them do it, and like how Daniel pointed out earlier, how specific he was with even little <clears throat> ad-libs in between, I was very impressed with it, and I thought that they just played it really well. And you can tell that the audience was really into that song as well. They sang along with the chorus all the time in that. So I think that, to me, was the sort of standout song of that set list. Yeah, that was a good song. I, yeah, that was another top one. I, I, I saw that one, too, and I thought, wow. And it did it really well. I mean, I was surprised with it well. So, and it sounded great. So I think their whole set was pretty darn good. Uh, I mean, everything I've seen on it were, was top-notch. So, like Daniel said, it would be nice had, if they would do a you know, tour. Do some kind of club yeah. tour. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, you know, Br- yeah. Bruce pulling stuff from Revenge as well. That was the only song from Revenge, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, he on Domino. All, he could, play, all, oh, he could play Revenge as a whole album, you know? Mm. And then... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah but the Revenge album and then add a few Asylum songs after that, and I would be in heaven, you know. There you go. <laughs> uh, anything? Then, you know, yeah, go ahead. Go on. I was going to say anything more on this subject, on the, the Kulik set. I think, we ta- I think we tackled it pretty good. But we have to, uh, you know, underline that this has great potential, and I really <laughs> hope they yeah. do something more, because... This was like a breath of fresh air in the Kiss world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to get into, uh, you know, I mean, this was really cool. And I think they kind of upstaged Kiss, uh, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, yeah. um, now, as for, I, know, I don't know if anyone's seen the Sail Away set list, but the Sail Away set list. I is, do, yeah. I have it here. It wasn't too... I mean, was there anything? Well, see, here's the thing. The Sail Away list, uh, from what I understand, was the, one of the first big stickling points with most people from the cruise. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I started seeing uh, comments coming in from the cruise, that was the first thing that people started saying. They were like, uh, you know, the Sail Away set it was kind of like, mm-hmm. there was nothing too out of this world on it, I don't think. Because, right. I mean, sure, they did, they did a world without here, but they've done that before, yeah, right? Yeah, they've done that before. 
you know, and they got like, you know, they have Hide Your Heart on there, but they've done that they before. They have more recently. They've yeah. done, they have Lover All I Can, but they've done that on Kiss Cruises before when they did the whole <clears throat> uh, Dress to Kill with the, when they were in the outfits, right? Yeah, that's the only one I think that really stood out for me was that song. Otherwise, you're talking like standard Kiss kind of songs from their sets, you know. Um, so. Yeah. I, well, I mean, do you do you do you agree that that's something that needs to be some majorly revamped? I think. Well, I I agree. I cruises. mean, on on earlier uh, cruises, they had done more rare songs uh, on earlier cruises on the sail away. Um, even even if they were just snippets, you know, where they didn't get through a hole, they at least you know made an effort. Um, um, it looks like uh, Daniel's got the Elvis Blue album on there. Right? That's a good I, album. I, I had that. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's oh, 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 a little off oh, oh. there. Yeah, way down. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I love that. Um, down in the ghetto. That's the next podcast, uh, Elvis. Um, <laughs> Elvis, the Elvis, F- Elvis, Elvis FAQ <clears throat> podcast. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, I. It's kind of I, I looked at that sail away show. I thought, geez, they couldn't pull out some other rare stuff, you know. It's kind of have I don't know if it's what it is, if it's laziness or what, but I, I wasn't too enthused when I saw that set list. Well, it and you know, and a lot of the times people say, okay, well, they didn't do it because don't forget they have the two shows to do the main shows that they're gonna put it in something rare in that. But I mean, you're talking about a band that has how many albums? They're gonna pick so many other songs. Yeah. You know, it's not like they have a limited amount of material that they have <clears> to <throat> choose from. Right. They have so many records. After all, Gene keeps telling us the number one band in the world gold albums like you know we have the most gold albums right. well if you have that many gold albums and records and i'm sure you can pick other songs right oh yeah besides the standard ones that you always play yeah it's it's kind of a easy way out not to you know to do too much work i guess <laughs> that's all that's how i look at it you know but you know these are your these fans paid a lot of money to go on this cruise oh yeah and they're hoping that's what they want these fans know the every song in the kiss catalog and would love to hear these other songs that have never been played or haven't been played live since the beginning or whatever and it's to me it's kind of disappointing that they didn't really do anything uh, on that sail away show yeah yeah i think what's lacking a lot is actually the void that the Bruce Kulick and Bob Kulick band filled, you know? Mm-hmm. From 83 to oh, 97, I'd say, because that was when Carnival of Souls was released. I'd like to see a Carnival of Souls song in, in the Bruce Kulick, uh, you know, set list. Oh, yeah. But that might come on on the next tour. You never know. <laughs> but but uh, I think they, 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 they are manhandling or what the word is uh, they aren't treating the non-makeup songs as, as they're supposed to be treated you know they have a lot of great songs from that era but they kind of stray away from them for some reason and i understand that paul has trouble playing those songs you know singing those songs <laughs> oh yeah but you have a lot of great gene tunes you can do you know oh, secretly sure. all of the gene songs from asylum 
Trial by every, Fire or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and every song from Revenge done by Gene. They can Any way you stuff. slice it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. stuff. So, go ahead, Mark. No, I was just going to oh. say that's, that's right. the song I mentioned. Okay, well, um, before we get into the maybe the uh, the Kiss Electric uh, shows, there's two shows, obviously, one and two. Um, I did see... And it's, this kind of bothered me a little bit is the uh, the Kiss little uh, not Kiss but the Paul Stanley acoustic performance uh, that he had uh, and with his son. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I had a hard time with it. Um, it's just he Paul cannot sing those songs I guess he's put in an acoustic performance to try so he doesn't have to try to belt it out and crack his voice or something um, I, I don't know what it is but that set just did not work it didn't work for me at least I don't know if anyone and maybe I don't know if it's because I'm watching it on you know YouTube or whatever but I think it's not YouTube I think it's just it's it's he should have let maybe his son sing, sing the songs, ah, you know, or something, and him sing background, you know, because he it's it's just you know you're so used to those songs, especially like the solo songs from the '78 solo album, and you expect him to sing a certain way. Uh, you're so used to hearing it a certain way, his voice. And then you hear where he's not, he's hes basically almost talking, sing, uh, talking, singing. He's not really, because I, they probably have his mic turned up, uh, you know, to pick his voice up more, so he doesn't have to try to belt it. He's not using any <clears throat> of his diaphragm or anything anymore. It doesn't seem, um, you know, because he's worried about it and is so focused on trying diaphragm, to. Diaphragm, that that's a big word. I have to look it up. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he, I don't, I don't he, know. He, it, was just, it was just hard to listen to for me. The, the, the problem with, okay, I'll, first of all, I'm going to confess I didn't watch it already because of that reason, and I'm glad I didn't because you just confirmed my reasons for not wanting to watch it was I thought it was going to be a train wreck. Now, maybe it wasn't a train wreck, but one thing that people seem to forget is that when you do an acoustic set, yeah. you're more exposed than you ever are when you're playing yeah, with an electrical that's, band that's okay yeah. your voice is right out there for every little crack and breath and everything that oh, yeah. you do is right there when you're playing with a loud screaming band you can get away with a crack here and there exactly. and you can pull back a bit and people don't hear as much of it or whatever but when you have a mic like that and just an acoustic guitar every mistake that's why they always say if you're going to do an acoustic set you better be ready and you better know your material like when they did the Kiss Unplugged, Kiss Unplugged the, yeah. the reason why that was so good is because they were prepared, they were well practiced, they were in top form top vocally, form. and that's why it came out stellar. Revenge era. You know? yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and that's something that I forgot to mention. Yeah, uh, you just hit it right there, Mark, about the acousticness and being acoustic. Because I was thinking when I was watching it, like this would have went over better had they had a you know done it electric, uh, and it was a yeah. drummer. The whole bit mm -hmm. there uh, louder, and he could have it would have made it better than it was uh, acoustically. Um, because boy, yeah, it's just but Paul, yeah, 
Paul is some sort of megalomaniac, you know. He thinks somehow, even though he's sounding like, you know, not that good, in his mind, he, he he's the best, you know. He's I, like, he can't true. see it himself. I think he's deranged, you know. <laughs> he can't see it himself. I don't know if he's deranged, but he's, but, he's, you know, he's not, not sure. seeing the... It's my second language. It might seem a bit... You know, rude and so on, but but that's yeah. just because it's my second language. But you know what I mean. You know, yeah. he he's, he's like. I don't know if he goes back he, and he, watches his own videos of. of I, don't I don't know if that, if he could, know, you know, see what's going on. Crazy bad, even though there was one thing, one song I liked, and that was was when he brought on, you know, the singer from the Ted Nugent band, mm -hmm. Saint James. Is it oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He's a great singer, you know. Uh, uh, Stranglehold. Mm. That's James singing that one, singing the hell out of that song. And he still got it. And their performance was, you know, it was kind of cool. But other than that, I didn't like that performance. And I just sort of feel sorry for the people paying good money to see that. I think they had to pay extra money for that one, I think, uh, from what I yeah. understand. Yeah. <laughs> It's kiss, you know. Uh, yeah, it's, so. it's it's really it's really odd that that and I, and I mean, the whole megalomania thing is like I, I think that every singer has to have a certain degree of ego to sure. believe that they're good to do it. But I mean, I think Daniel's hundred percent correct. Is that I think his ego has gone a little too far like it's, it's almost like he has blinders on, like he can't even take it. And Eddie Trunk said the other day that you know paul stanley is a man who can't take criticism he's a very touchy mm -hmm. man as soon as you give him criticism you're cut out of his life and that's yeah you're, you know yeah and he'll yeah exactly so yeah that's a tough one so i guess to go on before, you know re reading yeah. paul stanley's book you understand that he's kind of uh, broken you know mm -hmm. since the early years he never came back from being bullied and all that stuff. Yeah, there's it's just very some, some there. That's, some there. That's, you, you, we all know people who are like that, that you, know? you know? Yeah. So, but they didn't become the biggest band in the world, those guys. That's right. Um, it's really interesting when you have such a guy at the top of the world, you know, at the top of the world. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just think they should have thought about it and, and maybe done an electric. It would have went over better, in my opinion. Uh, would have saved it uh, <laughs> that performance. Uh, Speaking of electric, don't yeah. you think we should talk about that electric yeah, let, set? Yeah, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, that one. So, Kiss Electric, they they play two shows, and there's a night one and a night two. And this is another show where they we hope to see some. Uh, rare songs or songs that they haven't played before live and that sort of thing so i don't know anyone's seen some of these but uh I'll, let me go yep. yeah let me go down the, the list of night one at least first the night one set list they started off with uh tomorrow and tonight <laughs> and then uh, they went to sweet pain you got shout it out loud i love it loud flaming youth Hot and Cold, um, Say Yeah, War Machine, mm -hmm. Is That You, mm -hmm. um, Cold Gin, Lick It Up, 
Black Diamond, Detroit Rock City, Rock and Roll All Night, and they finished with I. That was great. So, yeah, from my standpoint, uh, it's a pretty good, pretty good set list actually. Uh, not bad, um, especially tomorrow and tonight was just a total. I don't think anyone was looking or expecting that. First mm, of all, or even asking for that song, even though it's it's not a Kiss like favorite of I don't think Kiss fans, but it's there. It's not a bad song, uh, and actually worked. It's, it was pretty darn good. Um, so, the, to me, the standouts were you know of course tomorrow tonight, uh, Sweet Pain, which I've always liked as a song anyway. Um, I thought they did a pretty Christ, good man. job of that. And then, uh, we, and we know Flaming Youth has been more recent. They, you know, pulled that out last year, um, but it's still good. And then Hot and Cold off of Sonic Boom, um, which is another one that they haven't done. And then Is That You from Unmasked, which... Real surprise. They may have done only... Did they, they do it on the Unmasked tour? That's it? Yeah, I, yeah. I think. That's it. Um, and and then I is another one which they, you know we've heard them do that I think before, uh, but that's a that's a big deal. Um, I think it was kind of cool that they played rock and roll all night, and then they added I because you know at the first show people must have thought eh, well this, this is it, <clears throat> and then they start I. I think there was a cool setup, you know. Yeah. So what do you Definitely. I mean, what do you guys think about those songs or that set list? You know. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, the whole I thing was a definite surprise, and so surprising that I have to give a shout out to our fellow podcaster, Mr. Alex Bagman. Mm. There, Swedish he, guy. He, uh, well, Alex there was telling me that uh, he was so excited. That 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 they played that. I mean, I remember he 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 messaged me, Alex. Yeah, he messaged me in the middle of the night. He's like, "Hey, Mark, they played I. I can't believe it." Like he was so excited. I, you know, I thought Alex was, you know, it was that was an example to me of a Kiss fan that is still really excited about the music and really excited about the group. And you know, when they play something like that, he got really excited about it. So. While sometimes we sit here and we complain and bitch about stuff, there are still people sure. like Alex, thank God, that's out there that's still excited about these things and who maybe isn't as jaded about some of he's it a, as maybe we are. But, you know, he's a young but I think, yeah. yeah, Alex is young, right? So, um, but, you know, Sweet Paint, for example, I think is a prime example of a song that they should think about, an example of a song that they should think about doing in all of their sets because... They played it well. It sounded good, and Gene can still sing it really well. Yes. Yeah. Right. When you pull out a song like this, where Gene has the opportunity to sing, it makes their set list stronger. I think because sometimes when you have to pull out a song like, you know, when they pull out "Is That You," while while it was good, and it's a great song, we didn't get to hear it. I don't think that he sung it as good as he could have sung it. Right. Yeah. Whereas Gene had the opportunity to do a rare track, and he just nailed it. Yeah. The thing is, every odd Gene song played live will sound great. Every deep cut from Paul Stanley will not sound as great. That's just fact, you know? But I think it, they did what they could do, you know? Mm-hmm. Paul Stanley brought a few deep tracks, Gene as well. 
And we all know Paul's problems, but you know you can't expect more from him these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think as a whole, the set list was awesome. I think it, yeah. they did a good job. And they also managed to balance deep tracks with the classics mm-hmm. in a good way. So I, I think the fans seeing those shows are they they were really you know they felt good mm-hmm. yeah that yeah was, that was a to me is a, a pretty darn good uh set list uh though i maybe it could have they could have added a couple more songs that's all a I'm little bit they made it a little bit safe i'd say yeah i mean few- the, the... Like Hot and Cold, for example, is a song I did not expect to hear on there. No one did. No one did. Yeah, and and I was glad to hear it because it's something that we don't get to hear often, if if at all. So Mm -hmm. it's something that you can pull out, and it's one last thing that Kiss fans can say that they didn't play, right? So they played it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, say, yeah, they've played lots of times, but, you know, it's not a very often played song in the grand scheme of everything, right? But then, you're, you know, you're right, Ken. I mean, for example, they played Lick It Up. They played Cold Gin. These are songs we've heard 100,000 times. Same with War Machine. Why couldn't they have done Naked City, for example, instead of War Machine? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. A, bit, I mean, a little bit a little bit lazy. Naked City yeah. would be... Uh, yeah. But that, that might be our... We die, we die how hard Kiss fans. We are a little bit picky, but... Uh, uh, they, I think they didn't bring, you know, Black Diamond, Detroit Rock City, and Rock and Roll Night. Uh, you know, it's hard to play a, a, a show, even those tracks yeah. of it. So, so you need those ones. But you know, Lick It Up and Cold Gin, you could play any other song of those. Yeah. You, but you know, you know what? This is an interesting thing that you brought up, though, Daniel. I got to ask you guys this, though. Yeah. Okay, Black Diamond. And Detroit Rock City are two songs that I have still not gotten sick of hearing them play live. I love True. those two songs, and I want to hear them all the time. Right. Is that the same for you guys? Yeah, yeah, especially Black Diamond yeah. for me. And then Rock and Roll Night, I can't really stand anymore, <laughs> but I have to hear it because yeah. if they don't play it, it feels kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree because I mean. Out of those three, I think Rock and Roll Night would be the one song I wouldn't mind if they left off. I would rather hear the other yeah, two. But I, mean, I but I understand the reason for playing it, because they're still going to have those people. Like, for example, the husband that brings his wife for the first time on the cruise, who might only know that one song. song. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. You know, if you look at this set list, I think about six of the songs are technically anthems. Think about it. So... You got Toronto Tonight, which I consider kind of an anthem. That was the way it's written. It's an anthem. Shout It Out Loud is another one. I Love It Loud would be another one. Say Yeah, I think is a somewhat anthem. Yeah. Uh, and then you got uh, Rock and Roll Night and I. But Both the problem is they don't have anything from Lick It Up to Carnival of Souls, do they? Just Lick It Up. Just Lick It Up. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that one. Yeah. yeah, leave that one out, and they don't have anything from those years. So I <laughs> think that they could add something more from that era. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that they should, right? I mean, yeah, the, even if it's just one song. song. Yeah. Yeah. So from 
pick anything from Asylum and the fans would go crazy. Yeah. It would sound good. So, yeah, we, we can complain all we want, but it was a pretty pretty, yeah, pretty good. good set list and a good mixture of pulling some songs in there that we didn't expect to hear. Um, yeah. So I think they got a pretty good show. So it's so let's go to uh, Night 2. Uh, night 2 is basically the same set list except they took out Cold Gin and then they added in two songs. They added in Hotter Than Hell and She. Uh, and to me, She is a big deal for me. I, I, I love She. I think that's a great song. Me too. Um, and they didn't play that one enough. <laughs> I know they haven't played it in probably since I don't know when, but maybe early two thousands. They I know I think the Rock the Nation tour they think they played she when I saw them there. But uh yeah, Father in Hell, yeah, we've heard that on and off. Um, but I think that's a good I mean Cold Gin, taking Cold Gin out and putting in those two songs was was fine. I don't see a problem with that. What do you think? I'd say I'd say she Listening to She back in '95, do you remember that tour that they did of Japan when they did She? Mm. Mm-hmm. Then it was a real deep track. And it sounded awesome. It was maybe <laughs> one of the best performances ever. If you look at Nagoya '95 or Tokyo '95, they're up there on YouTube. Go listen to She. That's the way it's supposed to sound. So that's a good track. And just the 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 ending of the sound that when they are just like mangling out uh, the finish you know <laughs> yeah that's great yeah. stuff you know so that's a great song uh, hotter than hell you know we've heard that a few times but um, it's a good addition uh, but still you know you're missing the whole non-makeup era <laughs> in this show almost uh, i mean is it lick it up that's the only song isn't it yeah. yeah, they could have yeah. put in fits like a glove, you know, yeah. right, Daniel? So that's why Kiss fans go crazy when Bruce <laughs> Kulik and Bob Kulik play stuff from the non-makeup Kiss era because there's a lot of great songs from that era. Oh yeah, yeah. you should understand that by now, but they don't. Yeah, and I and I and I venture to say, I could be wrong about this, but I think that the audience that goes to these cruises are probably more familiar or were you know into kiss during that 80s period than there are 70s people i think right now Hmm. that there's probably a lot of people who are going to cruises who are of that age that were into the 80s stuff right so that's why i think it went over so well right i mean you know people who were into kiss and were teenagers in the 70s i mean they're dead now they're gonna (laughs) they're they're gonna be i'm just a zombie (laughs) <laughs> I just think that there's more people that are maybe in that age the, bracket. The that's all. I, like I said, I could be wrong, right? But you know, I I think it's interesting though that the the, the reaction was so strong for the Kulik brothers that I think now I and I hope I'm right about this. I hope that Gene and Paul took notice of that of how strong that reaction was. I won't. I, I know well, I'm, af- I'm afraid Polo, and if, I, you know well, this is how it's best. Jesus, Mr. Polo, man, can can't you sing a few of the crazy nice tunes? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, but but this is how I think what's going on here is like Paul would see that and he might take it wrong or like 
that Bob and Bruce, they tried to upstage us, you know, with doing these other songs. And I was like, I, I, I could just only imagine instead of It'll thinking that, oh, again. shoot, maybe maybe I should get my button gear and maybe we should try something different. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they're talking about taking the year off, or at least Gene says they're taking the year off from touring. And I don't know, maybe they'll still have a spot show here and there in the casinos I don't know again you never know with Kiss but it could be that they are taking a year off to plan one final big 2019 to 2020 finish it you know end it all tour um, that's my thought but if they if they take next year off maybe they'll put one more album out maybe they'll record during that, that time period that would be nice. Yeah. Can Paul <laughs> sing on it? Well, they could fix it, I guess, in the studio. Yeah, they have Pro Tools. So, you know, there's a lot of crappy top 40 singers out there. I know they're horrible singers uh, because when you see them on a live show, they can't sing worth a dime. But that's like, well, how do they sell, sound so good on the record? But then you watch them live, honest, it's like, holy man, crap, they can't. They really can't yeah. sing. It's all fixed. To be honest about Paul, Paul can sing partially, you know? Yeah. At times you hear, oh, that's like Paul Stanley in 1985, and then, no, that sounds crazy. So, and when recording an album, surely it would sound. And good. I wouldn't mind that if they. Fixed you have it, to you pick know? out the, the stuff that sounds great and remove the stuff that don't sound sound great, and then you know, fix it. Hmm? He, he still yeah. can do it, but not all the time. But that's the that's the great thing about studio is that you're afforded that luxury. If you can go in, you can sing it seven, eight, nine times, and compile a really good version of a singing of using that. Yeah, seventy nine times. That, they used yeah. to do that with with guitar solos too. You know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They used to do that all the time. So. But I mean, but I mean the one and one other thing though that I'm not sure if any of you guys have mm -hmm. sort of heard anything about the one thing that i was curious about and i know it was mentioned on the board a couple of times was what's the deal with michael james jackson he was supposed to be on the cruise did he did he say anything did you see my post on facebook i saw no i didn't see anything yeah bruce posted something oh he said he did a session out but i haven't heard what the questions were to him and what his answers were I'm still waiting to see that. Someone, I'm sure, took a video of this and it'll probably end up on YouTube eventually. But, uh, but I, w one second, <laughs> well, I had put a, <laughs> I had put a uh, post out on the board saying anything, any news about that Michael James Jackson you know, deal, and no one responded. I was like, what the <laughs> heck? Where, where, where is this guy? But what I saw on Facebook was that. Uh... Julian said, what about Michael James Jackson? Yeah, he said the same thing. Yeah. And then Bruce answered like, well, he's kind of a reclusive, but it, but he gave some great details on the on the cruise. Yeah, so, so yeah, where? I'm waiting to see that or hear that information, um, either on the board or in the actual video that was hopefully recorded. Uh, that I think he's probably it was on there. Uh, it must have been him and uh, what's the... Uh, maybe John Hart or whoever or Lady Chris John Hart was out there at, on the same set you know same little question and answer but, session but, 
Yeah, and people were asking about where he was too. They're saying where was Big John Hart, and there's no comments about him either, right? So yeah, it'll come up. I, I'm I'm guessing soon, and we'll see what all went down there. And um, since and since we're talking about this, these sort of things that are related to the Kiss Cruise as well. Yeah. I I heard or read on the board somewhere that somebody said that Sophie Simmons performed as well I heard that on there thing. and apparently that she went over really well did anybody hear anything about that i heard the same thing as you that someone said that it it went you know that she did a pretty darn good performance um which not yeah she's i mean i've heard her sing I, and she's I, not a bad singer I, so I, she's probably a great singer but who really cares you know <laughs> you know Jeez. we're into kids i'm not into you know gene simmons <laughs> daughters or Paul Stanley's sons we're into Kiss I think it's, sure. it's nice of them to bringing their you know sons and daughters on the cruise but in reality who really cares about them but I, need, I know they get some exposure but I really don't care what Gene Simmons' daughters sound like I'd rather have her off the boat off there you the go. Boat, get that, the that boat. was that was worth the, the worth asking just for that response. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Well, any any other final thoughts before we wrap this show up here? Well, we just have to say that the Kiss Cruise is such a great thing, you know. It is for good. the diehards being able to listen to deep tracks, enjoying. But I think the most important thing on these Kiss cruises have to be that Kiss fans. The real diehards they can, can meet enjoy, each other. Enjoy the yeah. others. Exactly. You know, you know, getting together around the band and the band, you know, we all know they don't sound that, that like the way they did once. But, the you know, the Kiss Army, nowadays, that is the main thing, you know. Mm. You know, getting getting into the band, talking about your history with with the band, that's the thing these days. We all know the band; they they don't sound the way they sounded, but the fans sharing memories, talking sure. old war stories. Oh yeah. That's really interesting yeah. and important. Yeah, I th I think that's a hundred percent correct because, kind of like how the Nashville rock and pod convention was how we all got to get together and talk about stuff and exchange stories that was mainly the thing that made it so fantastic was meeting all the different podcasters and that's probably the same thing how it is for the kiss cruise people who only get to talk sometimes on facebook or messengers to each other can finally meet each other face to face you know go out for dinner together and talk and spend time and just talk about your favorite band and have a great time. Some people even go and bring records and exchange them on the cruise with each other, right? Yeah, right. right. So, all right. Well, there are only thing I want to say about the cruise. It's still a cool thing, uh, though it's a lot. It's kind of expensive, and so that's the only reason I'm not, you know, doing it. But um, the deal is, um, I hadn't heard anything about. Usually, after at the end of each show, or that. Kiss has done. They usually say, or Paul Stanley says, uh, "We'll see you next year on Kiss Cruise, you know, eight or something." I haven't heard anything about that. No mention of an eight. Oh so my! I'm, I'm kind of wondering that maybe, maybe that's this could be. Is this the last cruise? Maybe, maybe not. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, 
So that's it. So that's it for our show this week. And I guess Julian didn't make it. Unfortunately, we were hoping he'd be able to have get his thoughts on uh, the Kiss Cruise and and what you know the songs and all that stuff. But but you know us three are here we we're taking over so uh, so thanks for joining us and uh you can catch us on you know youtube and speaker and itunes and and all the others outlets out there and uh if you have some you know thoughts Comments. on it or on this this episode and on about the cruise or if you did attend a cruise and have some comments about it all then maybe we got some stuff wrong i don't know um but you know please post them out on the board no way so once again from from mark and daniel and ken thanks for listening thank you for spending time listening to the kiss FAQ podcast today all sales are final there are no refunds if you'd like look us up on facebook or come over to the kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.